0: Joe Biden does not care about you, and I'm talking to your audience now, I would understand if he didn't care about you. Back,
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I would, I would but say but he does about care about me. <laughs> here,
0: doesn't care about you. No. He doesn't take the time to analyze the problem and put forth any solution to it.
2: We have the water... Be there
3: for your for your people. Put it right there. this is a podcast going on. You know what I'm saying? John here doing my favorite thing on a Sunday afternoon. American Freedom and God podcast presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Alright, alright, alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the American Freedom and God podcast And as time goes on, we're going to be shifting to mostly, the you know, American freedom will always be part of the subject But I will be talking to you more and more about the uh, Holy Word, the Word of God, the Bible Bible-based podcast, what this is um, But we do like to include our everyday what's going on in our country conversation or discussion, and that's always going to be important. So I'm going to maintain, you know, the original title of the show, but you might find that I'm shifting more and more to the religious side, the uh Christian Christianity side of the podcast, which has always been the biggest part of the show anyway, the most important part of the show, (laughs) put it that way. How's everybody doing today? Your host, John P. Fox here, and I am getting ready to run down a few things uh, on today's show. We just want to make sure that we realize for the title today, um, Deception. Things are verifyingly false. That's hard to say. (laughs) Verifyingly false. Yeah, so we're talking about deception and what's been going on lately in our society. And um, I brought a few sound bites as always to kind of back up the discussion. So we're going to listen to that here in a minute. I've got, uh, a conversation with Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly. And then, um, from there, we'll go ahead and bring out the hope message. But before I get to that, I'd like to share an article with you that's been recently sent to the old inbox from, uh, Judicial Watch. And so we can just get right started with that. Um, so this article was about a, a recent lawsuit that, uh, Judicial Watch filed. And, you know, we talked about Judicial Watch on the American Freedom and God podcast quite a few times. As you know, I'm, uh, glad to have Judicial Watch in the picture and, uh, in this country that is in the picture <laughs> doing what they do. And I'm always going over that stuff on this podcast. So, um, Today's no different. I decided to bring to the table some of the things they're saying, and let's just go ahead and read this headline right here: Judicial Watch Court Rejects Democratic Party Intervention in Lawsuit Challenging Illinois Vote Counting for Two Weeks After Election. So that's a that's a, that's a long headline, but it's just saying that uh, the the Democratic Party tried to intervene, and the court rejected it. So there's a lawsuit. Um, that challenges the Illinois vote counting that lasted for two weeks after election day. And they they um, go on to explain a little more. And if I can get myself to do a good job of reading out loud here, I'm going to give it my best. Uh Washington, D.C. Judicial Watch announced today that a federal court rejected a motion by the Democratic Party of Illinois to intervene as a defense defendant in a judicial watch's lawsuit challenging the Illinois election law permitting mail-in ballots to be received as long as two weeks after Election Day. The ruling and opinion came in the federal lawsuit judicial watch. Uh... Let me just read that one again. The ruling and opinion came in the federal lawsuit Judicial Watch filed on behalf of Congressman Mike Bost and two other registered Illinois voters to prevent state election officials from extending election day for 14 days beyond the date established by federal law. So there is um, a date that's established by federal law. And, uh, you know, that Mike Bost and two other registered Illinois voters Congressman uh, and two other voters to prevent the election uh, uh, officials from extending that to 14 days beyond it is what this lawsuit is about so it's it's something that it, the the text here is pretty involved i guess and, and i wasn't ready for that but moving on in the court's ruling and opinion the democratic party of illinois motion yeah Party of illinois motion to intervene u.s district judge John F. Ness, I think the case is silent there, it's K-N-E-S-S, held that its participation would delay this time-sensitive case. Um, So, well, you know, I'm just going to say that I'm glad to see that uh, the, the court rejected the intervention and that uh, the judge said that the participation would delay this, this time-sensitive case and he's just not going to have that. That's, that's good to know. If I were to read any more, I guess I could do another paragraph. But uh, the Democratic Party of Illinois cannot meet its burden. This is, I think, yeah, this is the words of the judge. Cannot meet its burden to show that its interests would not adequately rep, would not be adequately represented by the parties in up to the case. So uh, as a result, Democratic Party of Illinois is not entitled to intervene as of right, as of a right. Separately, because allowing Democratic Party of Illinois to intervene would threaten to delay this time, sens- threaten to delay this time-sensitive case further, the court, in its discretion, denies this party, the Democratic Party of Illinois, motion seeking permission to intervene as a party under Rule 24. Accordingly, to, the court denies the DPI's motion in its entirety. Thank you, Judge. <laughs> because we shouldn't be prolonging voter counts you know, for, for two more weeks after the election, in any case, just should it be. When a country just does paper ballots and everything is counted by the, the same day, on the same day, election day, and then by the 11 o'clock that night, they know who wins. That's the way any election should be. And, and we don't even really need electronic machines. Because even if you're worried that, uh, okay, it's connected to the Internet, somebody can hack in and switch all the votes. Yeah that's that's highly possible. So remove the modems, right? And remove any Wi-Fi adapters and any Bluetooth adapters out of that computer, right? And then the machine is safe, right? You don't know that. It can also be transmitted to it can still be there could still be a Wi-Fi adapter in the chipset itself on the motherboard that you didn't know about. There's just, just so many things. Um it should just be you fill out Your vote on the ballot sheet and you drop it in the box and seal it drop in the box and it doesn't get unsealed except per by the course of legal way that it has to go through. So um, at that same day at that nighttime, it can be announced who wins because it can be counted or if there's just so many votes that it can't possibly all get counted by the end of that night. Then if somebody needs to work the, the midnight shift or, you know, I would even volunteer and we go and count d- during the middle of the night until, you know, you count them until they're done. I mean, that is the way I see it. I know that it's kind of like thinking in La La Land as far as what's become of this country, but I wish, I wish we still did it that way. Um, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> Having a, a decided election on the very day that that the uh, election is to take place, and not fourteen days later. There were so many illegal irregularities last time that they weren't letting the watchers watch. Okay, why why is that? Because we might catch COVID from them. I don't know. It's always COVID, you know, for the for the weapon. They they wouldn't let the watchers watch. They forced them to go outside of the building while the uh the ballots were being counted. Some surveillance camera caught some things that didn't, that wasn't right. And, um, you no, know, you know, we were unable to submit that to any court as, uh, any kind of evidence. But, um, all these things were happening at the election. So if you're going to wait 14 days to come up with a winner, there's, there's got to be something fishy about that. Uh, well, this broke and that broke and a pipe broke. Really. Just on election day, all that happened. Oh, okay. You know, and so it's just so suspicious. And anyways, thanks to, um, we have the Freedom of Information Act uh, in place and have has been for quite some time. And I'm just going to pause here for a second, guys. Since 1966, we've had the Freedom of Information Act signed and in, and in place. And since then... It has been, you know, the assurance to the American people that you have freedom of information. Now, you have to get into that act, into the uh, the documents of that act, that legislation, and you have to find out just what, you know, qualifies as the information you're free to, s- because there are some things that are, you're not qualified to see. But ma- the majority of it, you can see through that legislation. And one of the reasons is, the people are the owners of the country, not the government. The government's there to protect the people and be representative of the people. And so they're of the people and for the people. But when they start taking over, that's totalitarian, that's authoritarian, and that is dictatorship. And I'm saying it um, bipartisanly. You know, I'm saying it no matter what parties would be doing it. If you're doing that, you're taking, you know, you're the the right to be free away from your people. And that's what this you know, podcast is about, the freedom, the American freedom. We need to hang on to it. If we elect the wrong people, we can easily lose it. It might not be overnight. it take a while because they're not going to directly say, hey, guess what? When I get in the, the Senate or when I get in the House, I'm going to be voting to get, to, to get rid of your freedom. <laughs> now, some of them do say things like, uh, I'm going to be voting to take your guns. I'm going to be voting this and voting for that stuff that um, threatens your first and second amendment stuff. But uh in general, we need to hang on to our freedom. And if we vote the wrong people in, they can easily take that away. So, again, we have this legislation that says we're allowed to get that information as the people. And so if somebody puts together an organization, that can fund uh, lawsuits and get very fine, um, you know, lawyers and litigate they can sue for the documents based on the freedom of information act and that's exactly what judicial watch does and they're they're uh, you know they're helping each and every american by doing it and there are people that don't like them to be there because they just wanted to you know they they don't want to uncover certain things but Again, they are helping, in general, helping the American people. So if you guys got, if you can, get over there and and, and support Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch. You can just go to JudicialWatch.org. I think there's a big donate button over there. And every little bit helps. So I wanted to share that with you. And now it is time to go on to our first sound bite. And so, today, I was in the mood since I've been listening to a lot of other shows and podcasts. it been been... Uh, going into some other guys I haven't listened to before, watching, the, uh, and just kind of letting it play during the day while I'm doing things around the house and or things at the job. And w- well, now it's time to get back to somebody I used to listen to, haven't heard in a few weeks. Let's go back here to the Glenn Beck program and see what he's talking about.
2: Mr. Bill O'Reilly, welcome to the program. Where do you want to start, sir? You know, Beck, the big story of the week is that you could be
0: right and I could be wrong. Oh, boy. Oh, I,
2: that just hurt. So I bad.
0: That's really bad. Uh, about Herschel Walker in uh, in Georgia. Remember uh-huh. A couple of weeks ago, you were saying, yeah. no, he's going to win. and I was going to say and I was saying, no, he's going to lose. Well, yeah.
2: did you see the debate? We just had Herschel on just a few minutes ago. I, he was for a for a guy who played football his whole life, never really even thought about getting into politics. I thought he handled himself surprisingly well.
0: I think you won the debate because yeah. Warnock is, uh, you know, we vote 98 percent for Biden. I mean, that's all you have to do. With. Every answer could be, did you really vote 98 percent for <laughs> Biden? Every answer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did you yeah. really do that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we know Georgia, a uh, working class state. Uh, people getting pounded, Um, Walker, not the most articulate guy in the world. I'm not even going to comment on his overall persona because I don't know. But I think with Kemp going to whack Stacey Abrams, and there's no question that'll happen, that he'll drag uh, Walker across the line, you know, by two or three points. And, Beck, you were perspicacious
2: uh, a couple of weeks ago. If I knew what that that word meant, I would be thrilled. But... um... Uh, I think this is happening. I think this is happening across the country, Bill. I I, I don't predict anything anymore because America has gone insane. So I don't know what Americans think anymore. Um, th- 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 this shouldn't even be close in an election. Honestly, none of this. Everybody should be like, wait a minute. You're doing what in our schools? You've done what to our economy? You want to get out of the fossil fuels we're maybe going to war. This should be a bloodbath um, in in the electoral counts come uh, November 8th. And it's close, which surprises me. But there is I a think, ch- I, I don't think it's close. Yeah. OK. The, part of me, the old yeah, Glenn, mean, would say this is this could be almost like a, a Ronald Reagan, Walter Mondale night where it's just much bigger than anybody predicted.
0: I don't believe that the media is reporting accurately the anger of the American people. That's that's where you start. You know I'm a simple man, you know, and I pride myself on my simplicity. Mm-hmm. That is the big thing in this country right now. People are angry because through no fault of their own, unless you voted for Biden, <laughs> you're getting hammered. On every front, I mean, uh, quality of life where I live in New York City is evaporated, and and it's not like the people in charge can deny it. Even though Biden does deny it, I have a really good column. I, I know Beck, you're very busy, but if you can just read it on Sunday, I, I file my columns at noon Sunday on BillO'Reilly.com. It's called "The Legend of Sleepy Biden." <laughs> okay. Read the column. Back. Okay, I will. All right. I will, I will. And this basically epitomizes even the dimmest among us, and I'm not including Stu in that. I'm he rises a little bit above it. Right. Um, even the dimmest among us, no, we're getting screwed. And then when he turns around with the ice cream cone and goes, oh my hey economy's strong as hell, you know, you just look at him going, It's over for you. And it is. It's over for Joe Biden. Gun. He's through. Uh, I did an analysis last night on uh, the No Spin News that he is the second worst president in our history in the first 21 months in office. Only James Buchanan, the legendary James Buchanan, has bested him as worst president. And he's not coming back. It's not like he's going to make a stunning comeback. He's not because he's delusional and he doesn't care. And that's the thing. Joe Biden does not care about you and I'm talking to your audience now. I would understand if he didn't care about you bad, <laughs> Yeah I would I would but say but he talking does about care the listeners about me. <laughs> here. He doesn't care about you. No. He doesn't take the time to analyze the problem and put forth any solution to it. Well That's see I,
2: let me let me ask you, Bill, because what he was saying that about the economy with the ice cream in his hand, yeah. I've never seen anything quite so out of touch. But I was listening to him. And taking him from an elitist point of view, from an elitist point of view, remember, uh, Bill Gates just came out and just said, uh, you know, this uh, war in Ukraine actually is is working to the advantage of getting us off of fossil fuels. It will actually speed it up. So people who are in this elitist point of view, they're looking at. Well, for uh, you know, we've got to we got to do this. We got to get rid of fossil fuels. We have to change the way the economy works, et cetera. What he's saying from an elitist point of view, no, it's strong. It's it's going exactly the way we thought it would go. But he's not. He he doesn't see people. Right. He doesn't understand that there's pain.
0: In most American homes, because the bills can't be paid and people ha- can't eat the food they want to eat and travel where they want to go. And so our freedom is eroded by incompetent leadership. So, therefore, on November 8th, the media is trying to tell you that abortion and, and Trump and all that's going to mitigate the vote and people are going to go out and they're going to still support the Democrats. It's bull, you know, the second word to that. It's not true. It's a contrived presentation, and it's going to up the next two weeks. You're going to see it begin on Sunday, where the corporate media is going to find they're going to bring Trump back somehow, some way. It's funny, Beck. Remember the story, uh, I think about 10 days ago, where uh, the boxes in Mar-a-Lago were moved around by Trump. Apparently, mm-hmm. Trump went down to his basement and moved boxes, okay? Mm-hmm. If anybody believes that, I mean, <laughs> my God. Um, and that was, they went hysterical for 24 hours. Oh, It was Trump's moving boxes, and he knew, and he, uh, he's this, he's that, he's that. Everywhere you went, that's where it was. And then it disappeared, largely because of me. I went on uh, News Nation and said, "This is absurd. This is insane. Okay, and um, it's not true, and there's no uh, significance to it at all. But that's what's going to happen in the next two weeks. Somehow, and the January sixth committee, I, I know, will be tied into this. Trump will appear again. All right.
2: They have to. That's the, the ghost only thing
0: of election day past will rise that is what is going to happen but because there's nothing else uh that the media can latch on to to help the democrats
2: but what they don't know what they don't understand is that biden is all that people care about biden the economy really yeah but what these people are doing to our economy and to our jobs and to our children and to parenting and all of that they, they, people are not riled up about Donald Trump. Uh, you well, know.
0: The, the, the committed left is. Oh, yeah, but that's
2: that's you're not going to win an election with just the committed left. No,
0: no. But the African American community is a great example of if they don't come out to vote, and I believe they will not, and that's not reflected in any poll, by right. the way. Okay. So in South Philadelphia, if the blacks don't go, I mean, big for Fetterman, Fetterman loses. All right. And Oz will be a Republican senator from uh,
3: Pennsylvania. All right. Well, we got to stop it there. Um, that is a, an interesting conversation. Um, won't be long, though. All of the predictions made there will be solved and resolved. Um it will be realized (laughs) whether or not it came true not so much the prediction but what they're talking about and the outcomes of it. I was just going to say that it is true that there are tons of people that don't like Trump and and what Bill was saying is they will find something and will make it up or whatever and say Trump did this so that it will be the biggest story leading up to election day coming up and, and Bill's not just saying that for the heck of it. He just knows how it works. He's been seeing this for so long. Myself, I studied politics like going to a four year college. So I was wondering why uh, somebody like Donald Trump even ran for office back in 2016. And so I started studying politics just because I wanted to see uh, how all this stuff works. Cause I already knew the structure of government. We learned that in college. So we learned about the three main branches and the, the separations of powers and what a, what a senator is and what a representative is. What goes on uh, in the executive branch or the judicial branch? And so all this uh, structural stuff was taught in the government book. And, you know, you were, you were tested on it. And in order to get the grade, you had to, you had to pass the tests, <laughs> right? It's typical school, but this was uh, college and the general eds and government classes were required in order for you to get your degree. All right. All right. Now, having said all that, I still didn't understand politics. I just understood government. So now, Having that in the back of my mind saying, well, I know a lot about the government, how it works. But I don't know anything about politics. I decided to start studying it. We did radio shows every day. The Glenn Beck Show was one of them. Uh, I would listen while I worked and stuff like that. And then in the evenings, we watched news. And I didn't particularly care for some of the other channels, um, news because it, what they're talking about is so limited. So and I, when I landed on the Sean Hannity show, it was pretty um, involved. It was more than just one thing. You know, that, that it was like talk talk radio, one subject after the other, one analyst after the other, one panelist after the other. And what was happening that day was, was on the news and what's going to happen tomorrow and what happened yesterday. And I started seeing how it works with with that news station and with that radio show. And they would bring on clips from the other channels and the other news stations to say, over here, MSNBC is saying this. And then they would play the clip. And I would watch MSNBC for a minute and listen to what they're saying. And they're back and forth in each other about Russian collusion and Trump. And then it would go back to handy and, he, and uh, he would talk about how... So they said that, but what about this? And, it's, and the fact that Mueller can't find any evidence of anything they just said, and the fact that it, it's because it doesn't exist, and it would just, I did this for four years. And that's when I realized the huge dynamic between understanding the government and understanding politics or political science. So at the end of four years of 2020, I started to realize I'm graduating now as uh, a political analyst myself. I can tell you a lot about who's who now. Uh, not, and I'm not going to name name, but who's who. The the partisan separations, and I can also tell you that when a person does what I did, you start to to believe what you start to believe and understand. If you don't do what I did, you're just going to listen to what's being told you. So, and then we had the, you know, the Tom Pittman Judicial Watch to work with and to understand. We have, um, people that are, they, they don't prejudge and they don't guess. They just go by the facts. And then we have people that go by facts that are made up. So, and I started seeing both. I started seeing both. Yes, this is actually a fact. Oh no, this one's made up. Yes, uh, Apollo 13 did actually land on the moon. Oh no, this shit, documentary over here says they faked it all. <laughs> so, in politics, the same thing's going on. The same thing. The, the astronauts actually went to the moon. Okay. But the, there is a documentary out, or I don't know if it's still out, but they were wanting you to believe it was all fake. People do that, and in politics, they do it more than ever. So having said all that, it's time to segue over to a hope message because what I'm going to do is turn this into a place where you can come and learn more about Christianity. Before I go to Pastor Greg Laurie at Harvest.org and let him talk for a few minutes, I wanted to point out some of these other headlines um, that I'm looking at I I think it's Glenn, Glenn Radio is what it's called. So he's one headline. It says, John Fetterman's staff. How can they live with themselves? Fetterman debate was disgusting. Another one is showing Putin and a picture of Biden together and not in the same uh, photo, but got them spliced in there. We are in a dangerous situation uh, for that headline. Are Biden and Putin playing a game of chicken with war? Um, then. Over here it says, Bill O'Reilly, Americans are angry. We just listened in on that one. Over here it says, the one move by, this one move by China proves Democrats don't really care about climate change. You know, and, and as a person to person conversation, the people on the end of the, of the rope, you know, the ones that are actually sitting in their living room watching the screen being told what climate change is causing, they, they believe that it's doing it. But the people that are teaching this stuff to them, they don't really, they don't believe what they're teaching. They're doing it because they get political ground. They they gain political ground by, by, it's they, they're creating a public psychosis. And that's how they get the vote. I've even had people tell me, well, I tend to vote Democrat because they care about the climate. Was, okay, so that's how they get the vote. So this headline is saying, this one move by China proves Democrats don't really care about climate change. And it shows a picture of all the smokestacks at the factories in China and how much of it is going up into the sky. It's broad daylight, but the sky looks like it's dark. And I think that if you were to go into that article, Glenn talks about something they just did or an agreement they just made with China to something for China to manufacture or something for China to do. is going to increase what you're looking at in that picture. And it, it all, you know, it's between, uh, the Democrats and, and China, which is, you know, it's not unheard of to do foreign affairs and to take care of things you know, between you and other world leaders. But what the headline is trying to say, it proves they're really concerned about climate change. And it, it is proven that the Chinese are, you know, the smokestacks are allowed to continue, and they're not trying to cut it back at all. Not anything like what we're doing here in the U.S., but we're hurting ourselves here in the U.S. by not being independent. We really are. By worrying about what's going up into the sky and not being independent. And that segues me into our hope message. Did you know that this earth is going to remain until the Lord decides to recreate it? And that the people that live on this earth are going to still be there <laughs> it tells us that in the book of revelation and nobody knows the amount of time because it does not say but it says things will change and and as it progresses into the end times and the millennium takes place that's a thousand years where there's going to be rain on on the earth um, that comes from up above after that the the tribulation period you know, things are just going to have to play out that's written in Revelation. And therefore, that tells me right there, climate change is not what destroys the earth. Hurricanes do not, is not what destroys the earth or any other um, system of weather It's not what destroys the earth. And you know, in cold places, it's still very, very cold. Yeah. Some of the ice melts, but it's been doing that since the earth formed. Some of the ice melts and it, ch- it changes. And in hot places, sometimes it gets a little hotter than usual. And you know that it does that even before man. (laughs) It's going to do it even after man. So when the end times happens, that means the earth didn't fail due to climate change. Florida did not get swallowed up by the ocean. Um, whatever else is being said, it's, they're doing it for political gain. It's you know there there is some truth to the pollution and the ozone layer needs to be protected and we do need to be careful. know, it's why we put a catalytic converter on the automobiles. We do need to be careful and we do need to respect uh, nature and what God has created. So that I totally agree with. But when you turn it political, it's kind of like a narrative instead of so you can get the vote instead of what you really care about that that's that needs to be said that just needs to be said so and uh, let's go see what greg lori is talking about do i have him open in this browser no he's in the other browser
0: oh. opinions about what lies beyond the grave today on a new beginning pastor greg lori says god's word is clear on the matter
1: here is the biblical worldview on the afterlife in a nutshell when you die if you are a christian you will go straight to heaven. If you're not a Christian, you will go to hell. If that is the case, why are we not doing more to warn people about the reality of hell? This is the day
0: Our culture has some very sophisticated warning systems. We have warning systems in our cars, on our computers, on TV. We get weather alerts, amber alerts, medical alerts. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie issues a spiritual alert. We'll see that those who live their lives apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ are facing the most serious kind of danger there is. They're not only risking life in the here and now, they're risking their life in the hereafter.
1: You know, I had a vision yesterday where I was taken to heaven and greeted at the pearly gates by Simon Peter, of course. And so he took me to a large room, and in this large room, biggest room I've ever been in, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of what looked like clocks on the wall. I mean, like, what are these clocks? I said, Peter, what are all these clocks? And he said. Come here, let me show you something. So we stepped a little closer, and I realized they only had one hand, one hand. And I said, what are these? He said, Greg, those are sinometers. This is a true story, by the way. Those are sinometers. They said, what's a sinometer, Peter? He said, every time that person sins on earth, the hand of that clock goes around one time on that meter, just like that. So I'm going, whoa. I'm going to find out how spiritual people really are now. So I started looking some of you up. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and I, for some, I was pretty impressed, and some, well, I was a little disappointed. I, I looked up uh, Pastor uh, Brad, who's sitting here in the front. And, uh, and, you know, there was movement, Brad. There was movement <laughs> on your centimeter, more than I expected, to be honest. <laughs> kind of like... Okay, wow. And then it stopped for a second and again. Then I looked at Pastor John Collins and his was a little less than Brad, but still movement. I went and looked up my wife, Kathy, you know, and there were cobwebs on it. It just sat, just hadn't moved. So I'm just watching all these centimeters. some are going faster, some are going slower, but everyone's moving. Every time that person sits one time around. The dial. So I said, Well, I've looked up everyone. I haven't looked up myself. Uh, and so I said, Peter, where's my Cinometer? He said, Oh, yours? We use that one for a fan in the kitchen. <laughs> that was depressing. Okay, so silly story to kind of make a point. <laughs> there's a lot of strange and aberrant and incorrect views of the afterlife. So many. And sometimes even believers will uh, adopt some of these views. So what we need is a biblical view, a biblical worldview of the afterlife. There are people today that say they've had these near-death experiences and they always see a great light, right, and feel this great peace. And they write books about it. They make movies about them. And, you know, and we have these views. And some people will say, well, that must be what it's like. I read an interesting article the other day. It said that uh, many Americans are skeptical about God but more believe in heaven. So belief in the existence of God is down a bit, but belief in heaven is up a bit. How does that work? God is the one that gave us heaven. And the first time we read of heaven is actually in the Bible. So this is a strange thing to me. You know, Heaven is not going to exist because more people believe it exists. That would be like saying more people today believe that the state of Arizona exists than the state of California. It doesn't matter what you think. They both exist, and heaven exists, and of course, so does hell. And this is something we need to think about because as we get older, the afterlife is getting closer. We start losing friends and even family. And we know one day our day will come. In fact, uh, as you get quite a bit older, you might realize one day you have more friends in heaven than you have on earth. By the way, if that's the case, you need to get some new friends, okay? And next time, get some younger ones. But you know, this is a reality we're facing and and life is just passing by so quickly. Uh, It seemed when I was a kid like you know, the third grade lasted 10 years, and and now decades go by. I have Sirius XM radio, and they have these channels you can go to 60s on 6, 50s on 5, 70s on 7, 80s on 8, and so sometimes I'll be on 60s on 6. I don't like it. I flip over to the 70s. I go to the 80s, and then it dawned on me, I've lived through all of these decades. From the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, they even have 90s on nine. And I thought, man, you know you're getting old when 90s songs are called oldies, right? But life marches on, eternity gets closer, and we wonder what happens when we die. All right, I'm going to give you a very quick answer. Here is the biblical worldview on the afterlife in a nutshell. When you die, if you are a Christian, you will go straight to heaven. That's true. Worth clapping for. It. You probably won't clap for this next statement. When you die, if you're not a Christian, you will go to hell. Whoa, oh, wait, hold on. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Do you want a biblical worldview? Now, I don't say that with any delight. I say it with Sadness. And I say it because the Bible is very clear in this topic. In fact, Jesus himself said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there are that go that way, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there are that find it. According to Jesus and the rest of the scripture, more people are going to hell than those that are going to heaven. That's not what God wants, but God has given to us a free will. So if we really believe what the Bible teaches about the afterlife, let me backtrack for a second. How many of you believe what I just said is true? Raise your hand. up. you believe what I said is true? Okay. What you're really saying is I believe the Bible because I didn't come up with this. I think you know that. So we believe what the Bible says about the afterlife, right? If that is the case, why are we not doing more to warn people about the reality of hell?
3: Okay. Thank you for that, Greg Lloyd, Pastor Greg Lloyd from Harvest.org. And he's got his TV shows pretty much all over the country and the world, and radio shows as well. Today, Greg was uh, talking to you in his awesome humorous illustrations, his awesome talent to uh, make you laugh. Uh, He was going on about the uh, Revelation 20 and also Luke 16 but I just decided to flip over to Revelation 20 since I mentioned it earlier already and I was just kind of deciding to do that while listening to Greg so in 20 it says and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent which is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years now I was saying there was a millennium where the Lord is going to reign on this earth and people are going to live happily together for a thousand years. And that is this, what this part is saying. The devil won't be there. But the, the thing about it is when the rapture happens, the Holy Spirit will be removed from the earth. The devil will be unleashed. And that, so at the end of that millennium, he will get one more chance to come out and wreak havoc on the earth. And that's what's going to lead to the end times When it, after that millennium. And so it says here in chapter 20 that, uh, you know, he bound him for a thousand years and he cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, He must be loosed a little season. So the scholars of the Bible interpret this pretty close to to one another. Every time I hear them explain what this means, they're always in, I'm not going to say lockstep, like a political narrative, but they are always very close to each other, what, God's word is saying right here, you either believe some of the Bible, or you either believe all of the Bible or none of the Bible, you can't just say, I only want to believe some of the Bible, <laughs> it doesn't work like that, but one of the reasons, I say anybody that reads the book of Revelation is thoroughly blessed, you're going to be thoroughly blessed, of course you need to be a believer. And I give you that opportunity right now. If you're not already a believer, ask God to come into your heart and let Jesus into your heart. And tell tell him that you truly believe and love him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And accept him today. And that you want to do this from this day forward. And you want to call this your new beginning and be born again as a believer in Christ. That you know he died for you. He he did it one time and it says anyone that chooses to believe it. It's an awesome, awesome thing. You, you do have a free will. Greg was touching on the free will that God gave everybody. So why not use your free will to accept Jesus? If you know somebody that's never done that in their life and they're, they're ailing and you're seeing them in maybe a hospice situation, be sure and ask them to accept Jesus. They got a chance. They got a chance. If you know that they never actually told you before throughout their life. Maybe you can convince them even at the last minute, and I was doing that not too many, not too long ago. But um, most of the time, the loved ones that I've come across that that were on their way to heaven, I already knew they were believers. But there is always someone that you can help. But chapter twenty in Revelation is uh, basically what Greg is talking about there. I can't play any more of it. We got to close the show. But I do believe that this is, um, this was necessary for God. You know, he created hell primarily because of the pride of Lucifer. God had to create a place to ultimately put Lucifer. When Lucifer got proud, he had to be removed from the holy place. He was one of God's prized angels. He is an angelic spirit, and very powerful, and he was musical. The Bible tells us he was a beautiful angel, but he got proud and decided, no, I can get man to follow me and, and turn away from you. And he basically argued that with God one way or the other, and ended up cast, I will cast you to the earth where where you will... Um, be out of my holy place and when he did that lucifer asked who's going with me and many many other angels decided to be just as pride, just as proud you know even the angels were given free will yeah that was a free will so we all have this free will will you be in the holy place or what do you will yourself to be end up in ultimately what God had to create for Satan a uh, hell. And hopefully, not. Hopefully, you'll just continue to live your life with Jesus in your heart. You know, it's a lot more happy when, when that's the case. I still can get depressed. I lost my wife and been sitting around uh, trying to re socialize and learn life all over again. And so far, it's working, but it's slow. And you know, I can still get depressed when I turn to talk to her and she's not there. After 25 years of being there, it's kind of depressing, to say the least. But do you know that with Jesus in my heart, I can still find a way to smile and get through the day and keep doing what I got to do. And so, and also knowing that she's in that wonderful, unimaginable, awesome place where the joy is just unbelievable. Even if you have your family members all, all come together and know each other in a different way. Even if you all fought when you were on the earth, you, there would be no fighting. It would be glory. It's an unimaginable joy to be in heaven. The uh, the opposite of that, um, you know, it's the, the antithesis is, is not a joy at all. It's a it's brutal. But um, I'm not going to go back all into it. I got to get off of here now, guys. But next week we'll do it again. Oh, I want to apologize. We skipped a week on this podcast for for the episodes. Things became necessary and demanded my time. And it was was important enough not to do the show. So we're going to try to get it back on track, however late. (laughs) Sometimes it's better late than never. And uh, until next time, guys, I'll talk to you then. Goodbye. has been the American Freedom and God podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com Happy listening and remember to always show your awesome. (laughs) Bye.